Global Connections Television is a privately funded, independently produced program. The opinions expressed on Global Connections are solely those of the moderator and his guests. We invite you to go to the website at www.globalconnectionstelevision.com to view previous shows. If you are involved with a PBS or community access television station or an educational institution that has an intra-campus television hookup or perhaps a podcast or just a computer and would like to share the programs, please feel free to do so. Global Connections is provided at no cost to help people in the U.S. and worldwide better understand how international issues impact our lives. I'm Bill Miller. Today we're going to take a look at the nuclear weapons stockpile and how dangerous it could be to all living organisms on planet Earth. My guest today is an expert on this topic. Dr. Chuck Powell is the CEO for Encompassing Leadership Associates. He is a member of the board of the DAISY Alliance. Previously, he was in the United States Air Force and oversaw 150 nuclear warheads. Dr. Chuck Powell, welcome to today's Global Connections program. I'm delighted that you're with me today. We have so many important topics that are underway that really need to be addressed as quickly as possible. We see that there are nine nuclear countries that have approximately 13,000 warheads. That's a frightening figure. And just a small combination of those warheads could wreak havoc for the entire planet Earth. But first off, let's talk a bit about your group, the DAISY Alliance. What is DAISY Alliance? What is its mission? What is it about? The Alliance was formed in 2006, and it was formed by Bruce Roth. And he had seen Colin Powell's speech um, regarding the potential of uh, nuclear weapons in, in Iraq. And based on that, he did some research and he realized how many weapons of mass destruction, not just nuclear, but chemical and biological were throughout the world. And it, it drove him to start up Daisy Alliance. Mm -hmm. And well, the mission, the mission is to really make people more aware about nuclear weapons and more educated about nuclear weapons. And we can see that there's been some complacency that's developed over the years about nuclear weapons. It's just, it's become an accepted part of our life. And I don't think very many people know how prevalent they are, how dangerous they are. Um, and Daisy Alliance does this through three ways. And, and one is that they do it through youth education. So we're big about bridging the gap between generations. The other is through virtual lectures, which you were able to attend the other night. And the last piece is through partnerships with like-minded individuals in the world. Well, this is an extremely important topic and one we need to learn more about. And DAISY Alliance is to be complimented, as are all the other groups that are trying to help inform us about what's going on. It, we look at the, well, first of all, let me mention the DAISY Alliance website. It's www.daisyalliance.org for our viewers who would like to go and get more information on it. And... Also, while we're talking about this, there are nine nuclear countries, as I recall, and eight that admit to it, and Israel kind of hedges on it from time to time and doesn't really say it hasn't been. How many nukes are there in the world right now? So it fluctuates, but it's, it's right around 13,000 right now, 13,000 warheads. Mm -hmm. And one issue that has been discussed in great detail has been the no first strike. 
there, there, uh, there's a lot of information out there about how we could have a, an accidental nuclear exchange or something like that. But the folks, the opponents of nuclear weapons are saying if each country would say no first strike, that would preempt a lot of the threat, would it not? Do you discuss that with the DAISY Alliance or how, how do you see that? In fact, there is a, a blog that just came out, if you want to read about it, from uh, Holly, who is, is an associate, Holly Lindemood, um, in our organization, and she just wrote on that exact subject. Um, so that's on the DAISY Alliance website right now. I think what's changed, what's changed is, is the war in Ukraine. Um, you know, the Biden administration was kind of gearing towards going in that direction. And I, you get the sense that the latitude is, is limited for them if they continue in that direction. Um, and really this, from everything I've read, this really applies to three countries. Um, and the countries are North Korea, China, and Russia. So I don't see us going in that direction, almost as if we're going away from that direction, whereas maybe a year ago, we would have been traveling towards that direction. You mentioned Ukraine, and that brings up an interesting point, especially since Putin a few weeks ago, he hasn't lately, was threatening to use limited tactical nuclear weapons. Given the humongous firepower and the devastation of nuclear weapons, is that even feasible? I mean, we're not encouraging him to do it for certain, but was that just a threat, uh, just an empty threat on his part? Or could he actually do it and get by with it and still not destroy a large part of the world or kill hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people? Yeah, it's 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 a great unknown. And, and now looking at... I mean, let's let's look at the ineptitude of the Russian army in Ukraine, or you know, conversely, let's look at the effectiveness of the Ukraine effort. And it does make Putin's claims a little bit more uh, dangerous because now you can feel like his back is against the wall. His his conventional forces have not shown to be all that, and. The Russian arsenal is larger than any in the world. Um, we're the next closest, not too far behind. But what keeps Russia as a power is 6,000 plus nuclear warheads. So I don't think it's something that can be dismissed. Uh, getting back to the first use piece and, and talking about this, we have we have what I think in Russia and, and the US and now developing in China and certainly North Korea, this idea of the nuclear security blanket. And rather than us gauging in real dialogue to try to solve these issues between us, this is what we, we use in, in posturing. The US Congress, as I recall, I think it was during the Obama administration, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think in order for President Obama to get some unemployment benefits or something, he had to crack a deal with the Republicans and a few Democrats to modernize or to renovate our nuclear weapons system. And they committed, I think, over $630 billion to that. that. Is that the right way to go? Should we not be looking at how we can take this antiquated missile system and reduce it safely at a much lower expense? Because that's, well, first off, 
we know 634 or 630 billion dollars is not going to get the job done with the government and with the cost overruns of yes the being ex-military i agree look at the f-35 boondoggle plane that is well over a trillion dollars now and still doesn't fly properly so that is a given and i think most there are a lot of studies that will prove that that's an accurate statement but get back to my original point should we not be looking at reducing our nuclear weapons and to reduce them safely so that we don't have an accidental discharge of these weapons or possibly one of them i don't know if they could explode by accident or what but are we going in the right direction with modernizing this this antiquated system no you're exactly right there's a great commitment by 2030 to modernize nuclear weapons in this country and and spend more than that to do it and again i think we have this addiction to nuclear weapons and rather than really doing the hard work to figure out how we can reduce these and find other ways to work with nations in this world. And there are vehicles for doing that. There's treaties out there that talk about this. Um, we'd rather do this. And, you know, getting to the cost. I mean, we have a huge deficit. We have educational needs. Um, we all obviously have, you know, looking looking at what's happened over the last few years with COVID, there was an intersection of of economics, disease, and social problems. And yes, that money can be much better spent. And, you know, again, many, many countries' budgets combine to take what the United States spends on defense each year. And years ago, I remember seeing a figure, and this has been five, eight years ago, that it costs like $125 million a day just to maintain our nuclear arsenal. That, when you multiply it by 365 days, that is a huge amount of money on top of what it would cost to modernize this nuclear system. But that money can be spent for other things that we need in this country, could it not? Yes. Um, and, and it is a huge expenditure. And I, I can tell you that firsthand. I used to be a nuclear missile launch officer. And these our ICBMs are spread over thousands of square miles. That takes maintenance, um, that takes replacement, that takes monitoring. And so that's where all that expense comes into play. And yes, we, we have much greater needs. But, and this I think is really the issue, and this is something that Daisy can do. The issue is, is people are complacent, unaware, or are not really in the know about this challenge that we face, this challenge to our lives and like you're pointing out, this challenge to our fiscal uh, ability to do things that matter greatly in this country and the world. And until that changes, until we can generate that awareness, like it was in the 1980s, there were 70,000 warheads plus in the 1980s, and people stood up and did something about it, and it changed. And so we're down to 13,000. Unfortunately, we may be going back up again based on some things that some trends that are happening. And so I think it's about getting that awareness out to everybody, the urgency of this issue. I think you're absolutely right. And that's what Daisy Alliance is doing and, and many other groups. Well, you're watching Global Connections Television, which is a privately funded, independently produced program. The opinions expressed on Global Connections are solely those of the moderator and his guest. We'd invite our viewers to go to our website at www.globalconnectionstelevision.com to view previous programs. 
Also, if you're involved with a PBS or community access television station, or perhaps an educational institution that has an intra-campus television hookup or a podcast, or you just have a computer, you like our show and you would like to share it, please feel free to do so. Global Connections Television is provided at no cost as a public service to help us better understand international issues and how they impact our lives. Today, we're talking with an expert on nuclear weapons, nuclear weapon disarmament or reduction, shall we say. And my guest is Dr. Chuck Powell. Dr. Powell is the CEO for Encompassing Leadership Associates. He's a member of the board of the DAISY Alliance. And previously, he was in the United States Air Force and oversaw 150 nuclear warheads. And Dr. Powell, we're talking about this the, the threat, the constant threat that's out there by with the use of nuclear or the potential use of nuclear weapons. You had firsthand experience with this. Very briefly, how did you manage 150 nuclear weapons? And uh, we, I'd love to spend the whole half hour on it, but yeah. <laughs> just in about a minute or two. What, what was the outcome of that? Were there ever any frightening moments where there was almost an accidental uh, discharge of these weapons or any other potential problems? So, yeah, so let me clarify, it could be up to 150 warheads. It was usually just 50, it was usually um, just 30 warheads, but we had five different sites. And when things were problematic, you could get up to that level. So it would fluctuate. But, but um, I would like to say, and I was, I was in this job during the end of the Cold War. I actually got to witness, we had a balcony seat to the end of the Cold War. And it, it was something that was, it filled us with a lot of pride. Um, and, and also we thought opportunity, you know, here's the opportunity to get rid of nuclear weapons, to reduce nuclear weapons. But based on what I saw in the Air Force, it was such a stringent process that no, I never once worried about actual accidental detonation or theft or anything like that. I, I would say they really had their act together. Now, since I left the, the Air Force, there was there was a couple of, of issues that has happened since then. They've had a couple scandals. Um, they did have some transport of live nukes, but again, they've reacted and changed the culture and put in additional processes. Um, I know people in the Air Force now, I think it is a very highly regulated thing and I think it is safe. Now, the problem is, is we got so many of them, which kind of, and we have leadership that can be uncertain. So that does um, reduce the safety. The other thing they're talking about is getting to a place where they put more technology, more artificial intelligence into the process, um, which is a little scary because that leads to potential security risks where people can hack or maybe the artificial intelligence doing something on its own that's not expected. So that's a little concerning for me. I think the human element to a certain degree does protect us. We keep adding technology and we you just wonder what can go wrong. And that is exactly, well, the F-35 F is a good example of that, of becoming an extremely high-tech program. And I think that's a very fruit right there. You mentioned a minute ago about the various treaties that are out there. The two that come to mind, and are, there are many that are very important, but the two that I think of is the Treaty on Nonproliferation of Nuclear Weapons, the NPT, and another, the Treaty on the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons, the P TPNW. What, in a couple of sentences, what does each do 
and what can they do to help guarantee that we're not going to have some type of accidental exchange with nuclear weapons? So the Treaty on the Non-Proliferation of, of Nuclear Weapons has been around for quite a while, and we're a signatory, we're, we're a big proponent of it. And it's really to prevent more countries or more nation states getting nuclear weapons. And it's been pretty successful. I mean, we have we have two really known outliers, and, and those are North Korea and Iran. Um, and Iran's not quite there with nuclear weapons, but they've been pushing towards getting them. And so I think it's been very successful with that. The problem is, is it lets, I think it lets countries like Russia and the U.S. have their cake and eat it too, because they get to keep their nuclear weapons. They get to continue to build their arsenals. And so I think it's been limited in that respect. Whereas the the newer one that's it's it's been around for just a few years, um, the prohibition on nuclear weapons, the treaty on prohibition of nuclear weapons, the U.S. has not signed it. In fact, NATO hasn't signed it, with the exception of the Netherlands, and so, and, and of course Russia and, and all the nuclear club has not signed this treaty. And that's really the aspirational one. That's the treaty to eliminate nuclear weapons in this world, similar to what we've tried to do with chemical and biological weapons. We prohibit them. And so that is the real opportunity. And until I think the primary holders of nuclear weapons, Russia and US, and, and China's, China's going to start building towards that do something, model that behavior. I'm not sure it's going to change a lot. Uh, you're quite right. I think it's very, very true. There are a lot of groups that are out there that are working in this area. We don't read enough about them. We don't hear enough about them. Uh, one that comes to mind is the United Nations Office for Disarmament Affairs. And I might just put in a plug for the Undersecretary General Nakamitsu, who has been there for at least four or five years, but she's going to be on our show in about three weeks and is going to bring us up to date on many of these international conferences that have taken place, bringing all of the parties together to try to focus on getting a handle on this problem. Well, before we run out of time, you are the CEO of Encompassing Leadership Associates. What is that briefly? And do you train leaders to deal with a myriad of problems, maybe some dealing in the nuclear weapons area. Yeah, can I say one more thing about the organizations before I go into that? Oh, sure, please do. Yes, I, I really want to emphasize this point, and this is something I discovered when I was doing my dissertation, which was around the common purpose of reducing nuclear weapons. There is a variety of organizations and people throughout the world that come at this problem in very many different ways. And so I would encourage people who are interested in this subject to do their research because there's something out there for everybody. There really is. And so um, just wanted to make that point. And Daisy Alliance partners with several to, to do that. Um, in terms of encompassing leadership, yeah, I get my passion. Yes, one is to reduce the world um, of, of nuclear weapons. But my other passion is leadership. And I've had the good fortune to be in, in a, a number of leadership positions, but now I have the good fortune to help others become better leaders. And I'm an executive coach. Uh, I, I have a PhD in leadership and change. And so I work with individuals or groups to optimize their leadership. And it's not so much me giving advice or directing them. It's really discovering what's inside of them, who they are, 
and drawing out the best of them to become better leaders. And to your point, I have not worked with anybody leadership-wise exactly on nuclear weapons. I hope to do that over time. Most of the people I work with are in healthcare, higher education, manufacturing, IT, so a variety of different organizations. Um, and I work with leaders who may be a new leader at a supervisory level all the way up to a CEO level. Those professions are extremely important. They have domestic implications and they have international implications. And they it's all in all tied together. We're interconnected. But if our viewers would like more information on the Encompassing Leadership Associates, they can go to www.allcanlead.com. Well, in the closing moments we have, what, what suggestions would you make as to how we can get a better handle on this nuclear weapon problem, how we can get more information about it? What can we do as people, as citizens, as perhaps leaders in a community or whatever? What can the media do to help us better understand this issue and to move forward and to reduce the danger that's out there? And it's out there. We just don't realize it at times. And I'm glad that's such a great ending question. And it's something I'm, uh, again, very passionate about. So, you know, the first thing I would say is to educate ourselves and there's the information is out there. I mean, it's just, it's just right there at our fingertips. So go out and educate yourself about nuclear weapons. And you can do that in, by getting on the web. There's a great essay that was written right after world war II by John Hersey about the Hiroshima. And it, it, talks about the days, the weeks, and the aftermath of the Hiroshima explosions, explosion. And to read what those people went through is enough to scare anybody about the world. And that, that was a 15 kiloton. Okay, now we're talking about 500 kilotons, one megaton missiles, more, more efficient, more accurate. And so it's just, you know, you can magnify that. But educate yourself and then find others to educate them, join something like Daisy Alliance, get involved. And then the last thing, write to your congressman, let them know. That is exactly what we need to do. And it's frightening to hear at times people, some well-educated people saying we can survive a nuclear exchange. We can put more suntan lotion on, or we can do this or that, but they're totally overlooking it. We're not going to survive it. it. We're going to have a nuclear winter. We're going to have a situation where the planet will be uninhabitable. It is not something that we can just take lightly. And sadly, some members of the United States Congress have said this in the past, but you're absolutely right. What we do need to do is to learn more about this issue. And you mentioned the DAISY Alliance and folks can go to daisyalliance.org or they can also go to the United Nations website, www.un.org, to get more information. But those, those were excellent suggestions. And in the last 30 seconds, 35 seconds we have, do you have one more point you'd like to make with our viewers before we sign off? I just I want to reinforce what you said about the danger of nuclear weapons. And this, the, studies, the studies, fortunately, haven't been borne out. But... There are studies that say as little as, as 100 nuclear weapons, which is very similar to Israel's uh, arsenal. Um, 
Pakistan and India, which are what is known as a dyad, that there are two that could get into a nuclear war. They have 150 plus each. But as little as 100 nuclear weapons, the detonations can cause what's called, nu called nuclear winter. And that's, that's from the soot and ash that comes up. That's from the firestorms that would ensue in the world is very ripe for firestorms if we have nuclear weapons detonations. And it could cause catastrophic climate change in the other direction where we reduce temperatures, where we can't grow food, where we can cause famine. So yes, widespread nuclear exchange will probably cause multiple genocide across many species, but a small nuclear exchange can really make for a bad day for the planet and, and global famine. You're exactly right. A bad day and a miserable, miserable future. But yes, Dr. yes, a number of years going forward. Exactly. Well, Dr. Chuck Powell, I want to thank you so very much for a very interesting and a very informative program on a very timely and important topic. But thank you for being with me today. Thank you for having me, Bill. I appreciate it. My pleasure. I'm Bill Miller. Thank you for joining us today on Global Connections Television.